Chapter 15 of Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Rita Boutros. Innocencia, a story of the prairie regions of Brazil by the Viscount of Taunay. Translated by James William Wells. The Adventures of Meyer. Towards the close of evening, Meyer, Jose Pinho, and Pereira returned, accompanied by three very old slaves. These, from their labors in the field, the former from their entomological excursions. The Minero entered with a merry face, and with boisterous shouts awakened Cyrano, who meanwhile had fallen asleep, to dream all the time of his graceful patient. "'Ho, oh, ho, there, my friend! Ho, oh, ho, doctor!' shouted Pereira in a resounding voice. "'This is what is life, eh? Whilst we are working, I and Jose is mochu, you are asleep on a downy couch.' It is true, assented the young man, you had hardly gone away when here I laid me down to stretch my limbs, and until now I have had one long slumber. And the medicine for the girl? inquired Pereira, lowering his voice. Dear me, I really quite forgot, but it will do no harm, that is, if she has no return of fever. Ah, wait, let me see, yes, now I remember. I gave it to her. Of course I did. What was I thinking about? But I am still half stupid with sleep. Perietta laughed aloud and observed, These doctors kill people as heedlessly as if they were only wild dogs of the forest. In an instant they will forget whether or no they gave medicine to a Christian. Seeing that Meyer had left the room, he suddenly altered his tone, and proceeded to observe very quickly and in a low voice, "'What do you think? Would you believe it? That German has been all day long trying to converse about the girl.' "'Really?' "'It is so. And—and and here am I bound by my offer to take him to dinner inside there. Not if I know it. Oh, no!' He may get cross and angry if he likes at my ways, but he does not put a foot again in a room of my family, not if I know it. Heaven deliver me! At supper-time Meyer expressed some surprise at again seeing the meal spread in the front room. Not that he had any motives for desiring another place, but being so methodical in all his habits, he had fixed in his mind the promise of Pereira, and thought it his duty to remind him of it. The excuses promptly tendered by the Minero had been already thought of, and were, moreover, endorsed by Cyrano, who explained that he had recommended that the patient should be kept perfectly quiet, and almost in solitude. Pereira expressed his acknowledgment in the most open-hearted manner. "'I see,' he whispered to Cyrano as he pressed his hand, "'that the doctor is a serious man, one on whom one can depend. "'Let it be. Manicao will have to be your friend. "'That, that is certain. "'Good people deserve to be known and esteemed.' But, oh, do look at that owl there, eh? What a cunning one, eh? Never mind, he shall pay for it. 
If Perietta appeared troubled, the naturalist, on the contrary, was a picture of placid contentment. Senor doctor, he declared to Cyrano at the supper-table, I am really very contented with my stay here. I have found to-day more curious little bichos than I have met with in all the zones through which I have travelled. You cannot imagine, interrupted Perriera, and addressing himself to Cyrano, what this signor does when he is in the woods. He will tumble into some hole and break his blessed neck some of these days, for he tears along with his nose in the air and never looks where he is going. I don't know how it is that he does not get his eyes poked out, for he takes no notice of the branches or anything else. All he wants is to place his hand on the blessed insects. I have already cautioned him several times. Now his head, now his hand. The warnings of the miniero proved indeed to be judicious and called for, so much so that when at this moment Meyer happened to turn round, Cyrano noticed for the first time that his face was cut and very much scratched. "'What is this, Senor Meyer?' he inquired in surprise. "'Have you been having a tussle with some jaguar?' "'Oh, it is nothing,' phlegmatically responded the German. "'And your clothes are all soiled from head to foot with clay.' Perriera burst out laughing. "'There is such a story about this man,' said he. "'I will just tell you what happened to him. "'My friend, have you not heard of the saying, "'Trust in the Virgin and don't run?' or see the fall you will have. Oh, it has been such a day. Why, I just laughed until I could laugh no more. Only imagine seeing, as I have already told you, this Senor Meyer tearing and leaping through the woods as though he were a deer of the forest. Now, Jose Pino, who has got his head screwed on the right way, he always keeps to a clean path. He does, lazy fellow, observed Meyer. "'Wise he is, though,' replied the miniero. "'But, as I was saying, here was the senor with his leaps and bounds like a wounded tapir. No sooner did any flying bicho appear than, thus, away he goes after it, regardless of boughs, branches, thorns, or any coiled-up snake on the ground. But with that net of his he always captured the little bicho. "'Well,' I went off to see after the blacks, and left the man dashing through the bush, while José, in a shady nook, was soon snoring like one possessed. "'I? No, senor,' protested José Pino. "'Yes, you,' corroborated Meyer, with more or less energy. "'Lazy fellow, come, pass the tobacco.' "'Very well,' continued Perriera. Two or three hours afterwards the Moshu returned in the state you see him in now, and bringing with him a box full of wild bichos.' "'Yes, and are they pretty ones?' inquired Cyrano. "'All gone,' replied Meyer in a dolorous tone. "'My labour was all lost. I had captured five new species of fall "'Oh, do let me tell the story,' impatiently interrupted Perriera. "'Ho, oh, ho, I laughed, oh, how I laughed!' And to confirm the assertion, he again burst into roars of laughter, in which he was joined by José Pinho and Meyer. 
The mochu seemed very delighted with the results of his work, and showed me with such pride his box full of beetles and all kinds of bichos, even to cicadas, just as if he had got a king inside it. He had something of everything. Afterwards, when we were returning from the plantation, he saw a red insect perched on a rotten tree trunk, and straightway hurried off to capture it. I cried out to him, Look out, there is a pit there, and the tree is rotten, and you will roll down the precipice so that not even your soul you will save. Bah, the man is as obstinate as a pack mule. I shouted to him, Take care, Moshu. But there, he commenced to clamber over a network of vines which covered the mouth of a pit as deep as anything in this world. Just as he was about to place his hand on the said red bichel, he caught hold of the rotten tree, and thus down he went, uttering a screech like the cry of a coati. He had just time to clutch at the brambles, and there he hung between life and death, calling out, Yuke, Yuke! I, when I saw this, sent in all haste to the plantation for a long pole, and if it had not arrived soon, the Senor Meyer and all his bichos together would have rolled down to the bottom of that abyss. No, replied the German, the bichos rolled down first, the box open on its contents all go to the bottom. All right, then. Well, the Moshu clung to that pole tooth and nail, whilst we slowly hauled him up, slowly and fearsome-like. Hey, so fearful, Maria Santissima! After a short pause, he continued, We have not yet come to the funniest part of it. Ah, uh -uh. you can just prepare yourself for a good lump of laughter. When the Mochu found his feet on solid earth, he commenced to jump about like a crazy goat. To here, to there, he leaped and leaped again and again, and screeched and squealed as if he was being skinned. He was <laughs> covered with novata ants. Footnote. The sting of these ants is extremely painful. End of footnote. Yes, exclaimed Meyer savagely. Rotten wood ants, mon Gott! I chomp, I groan, I tear off mine clothes until I was naked as when I was born. Horrible things! Oh, ants of the diable! They swarmed all over my body, on such pain! Pereira, Cyrano, and José Pinho received with renewed shouts of laughter this violent outburst. Perhaps, observed the miniero, this may cure you of your mania, of not listening to those who know about these things. And turning to Cyrano, the truth is that his body, ah, what a body it is, senor doctor, so white, became so swollen and blistered that we had to rub him all over with tobacco leaves. Afterwards he took a bath in the stream. All would have been well observed Meyer, if the box had not opened and dropped all my works to the bottom of the abyss. Well, well, we will see to that to-morrow, his servant philosophically observed. Perriera, recovered from his fit of hilarity, approached close to Cyrano, and observed in a low voice, Ah, doctor, do you know, I had half a mind to let that German drop into the pit, if he had not been my guest and recommended by my brother on my word of honour 
I would have given him a shove towards Inferno, I would indeed, and you know I am no milksop. But why? inquired Cyrano, simulating surprise. Yet you ask me why, because the man did nothing but talk of Nocencia all day long. He again told me that she was very beautiful, and a lot of other things, asked if she was married, and if not, he said it was necessary for the welfare of women to get married. And then I don't know what else. This is an abandoned brute, an inamorato. Nonsense, Senor Periera, protested Cyrano. I tell you he is. Do you think I am a snake with two heads and cannot see? Footnote. The Amphis Buena, a common snake allied to the glowworm, which is popularly supposed to have a head at each extremity, but without eyes. End of footnote. Ah, what a weight of care is a daughter, and one who is already promised. This is confusion indeed. What my son-in-law Manicao would say to it all, I know not. He could say nothing replied the young man, and, besides, there is no want of those who want your daughter. Thank heaven, no, there is not, certainly. But I do not intend that she should be handed from hand to hand. She marries Manicao, or—' "'Or what?' inquired Cyrano uneasily, but simulating indifference. "'Or I will kill anyone who tries to tempt her to do otherwise. With me no one shall play the fool.' Ought I not to take a thousand precautions when I see this yellow-haired foreigner plying his monkey tricks on the weaknesses of women? Until now he has done nothing. Wah! What would you? Until now he has done nothing but talk of the poor girl whom may the Senora Santa Ana ever protect. I know him now, and may monkeys eat me if ever he sets eyes on Nocencia again. In a still lower voice, Perriera continued, I sounded Jose Pino about his master. Said I to him, Your patrao is a diabo amongst the women, eh? He is a knowing one, eh? No, senor, he replied at once. I swallowed that lie and said to him, Nonsense, you, carioca, have had dust thrown in your eyes. I, said he, not likely. Then have you not seen what your patrao has been doing? He has been a saint, returned the humbug. In Rio? Yes. In the corte? Yes, in the corte. But when he was there, he went every night to a beer garden, and chatted and supped with women there, all handsome and well-dressed, some with their throats and arms bare. He related all that? observed Cyrano doubtfully. He did! Perriera affirmed. See what a man he is, eh? He is a rascal. This night and henceforward I will sleep in this room and watch if he dares to move from his bed. Ah, if I could only! I would fall on him with a cudgel so that his ribs would be knocked into little pieces. The imprudent stories of Jose Pino completed the last stone to the edifice of suspicion which the imagination of Perriera had so rapidly raised to the detriment of Meyer. What vestiges of truth really existed in them related only to some hours of leisure during his stay in Rio, which the naturalist passed in the consumption of lager beer in the German café Ciudad de Coblenz, 
where, at times, he entered into jocular but innocent conversation with certain persons of the feminine sex, frequenters of that establishment, and of manners and customs not perhaps of the most rigorously moral character. End of chapter 15